0: Football card markets are going crazy. And for those that listened to our episode last week, we went through deep quarterback data. Today, we're going to talk about the running back position. And obviously, we have one special hobby tip of the day that Andy didn't even tell me before we started recording today. But, Andy, just right off the jump here, the big story is at the quarterback position. It breaks this morning. Ian Rappaport and everyone else, Aaron Rodgers is staying. In Green Bay, my first question to you is: What is your reaction from a hobby perspective as far as Aaron Rodgers? And the second thing is: What about the rest of the quarterback market this offseason?
1: Yeah, man, uh, back with the pack. I think from a hobby perspective, this is going to, you know, uh, this is going to lift some of those hesitations uh, from people that were unsure, or maybe people that were betting on him to go someplace new. I don't think we're going to see a huge demand spike per se, but we are definitely going to see a demand spike for his cards. He's back with the pack, you know. His his legacy with them continues. I also think this means they're going to probably franchise tag Devonte Adams and bring him back. That's that's Aaron Rodgers' main man right there. Um, and and then our attentions turn to Russell Wilson. So now the the, the Broncos are dialing in on Russell Wilson. And I think a lot of the focus is going to be on him. And of course, he's got that no trade clause. So he gets to kind of choose where he goes if he goes anywhere. Um, and and you've got a few free agent quarterbacks that are gonna land somewhere. Mitchell Trubisky is gonna land somewhere. Jameis Winston coming off of ACL tear, he's still gonna land somewhere, and Marcus Mariota, um, you know, college phenom is is gonna land somewhere as well, Carter. I'm convinced of that.
0: Yeah, so let's, before we get into Russell Wilson, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' prices, right? From a macro stage, so much of card pricing comes down to what you do in the playoffs, right? And Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, has this moniker that, you know, he can't win big in the playoffs. And part of that is true, right? And I do think it makes some people very hesitant to pay for his prices. But then again, he still does have a Super Bowl. He still does have four MVPs, which is one more Super Bowl and four more MVPs than guys like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. So as far as people buying Aaron Rodgers' product, I think at the price that it currently is now, you could still get some really good A-Rod stuff for under 2K, which isn't bad. Aaron Rodgers is one of the 10 best statistical quarterbacks of all time. And look, He's not for everyone, but at the same time, he is someone that is always just going to be out there, right? So obviously, as far as his rookie cards are concerned, that 2005 tops rookie card, if you are watching on YouTube, is probably his most iconic card, but there are refractors and autos that you can get, numbered autos, from his rookie season that are very interesting. I understand it's his cards aren't the most aesthetically pleasing cards in the world, simply because his number one rookie card is in a practice uniform. I totally get it. It's not the sexiest card. Totally get it. With that said, though, this guy is still a very iconic player in the National Football League. So if you are one of those people that long-term holds Aaron Rodgers, I do think within the next four years he will win another Super Bowl. And wouldn't you want an Aaron Rodgers card heading into the Super Bowl hype cycle? Look, we saw what happened with Joe Burrow cards. Could you imagine what would happen with Aaron Rodgers, especially now that the football market is what it is now? So, Andy, if you are someone looking to buy Aaron Rodgers, obviously it depends on the price, depends on what type of card you're looking for. I I, I would at least think about it and check condition and all that stuff and, and see what you can do with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I would just uh, say to be um, definitely be cognizant of. look at the seller feedback on these Aaron Rodgers tops rookie cards if that's what you're wanting to invest in or potentially just stick with graded cards because right. he is uh, you know such a well known character in the NFL like Tom Brady and Mahomes, these other guys. Uh, there's a lot more fakes out there, a lot more reprints. There, there's definitely reprints right. that I've seen of, of this 2005 tops. but it's nice because that that mid2000s time frame, Tops really corrected the overprinting issues from the 90s so you definitely have a a nice scarcity element built around that base tops and tops chrome and then some of those short print parallels that they made uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't crazy uh, back then so when you when you look at those tops chrome those Bowman chromes even though he's in his practice uniform you have some safety in in the fact that it is uh, fairly scarce. And then
0: this is the next lesson that you can learn from this Aaron Rodgers decision. The Jordan Love speculators, right? This is something that Andy and I talk about privately a lot, and now we have an excuse to talk about this publicly. You have no idea what's going to happen with Jordan Love. Nobody does. Does this weak NFL draft class make a team out there say, hey, let's go try and trade for Jordan Love to see what he has? I don't know, because Jordan Love hadn't shown anything on the field and really nothing in college that makes me go, OK, this guy is my franchise guy. In other words, I don't know how much more I would love Jordan Love compared to, let's say, Malik Willis or Matt Corral. I just I never saw it coming out of college. And look, a lot of people will say, well, it was a bad draft pick. Well, Aaron Rodgers was motivated by that draft pick and won two consecutive MVPs. So I don't think it was a terrible draft pick because Aaron Rodgers was so old and his play did decline some. But still, just because Jordan Love was a first-round pick, a ton of people were waiting for Jordan Love and the hype cycle for him to be the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And Andy, this is just a cautionary tale because we know we have listeners. We do. Uh, I know someone that listens to the show that did buy Jordan Love heavy. This, once again, you still don't know what you're going to do with your investment. There will be a time where he's going to get his opportunity to start. Andy, you just don't know when that's going to be. So I understand. You know, you see Jordan Love 2020 absolute rookie card auto. Don't love this card at all. It's a sticker auto and sold for $79. Really? What, I mean, this guy has done absolutely nothing up to this point andy so moving forward i guess this could be a good lesson for people doing the backup quarterback speculation
1: there yeah very true because it's likely they're they're gonna have to trade him now at this point with that massive contract that uh that Re- rogers just signed and, and bring in a, someone that's a little bit uh more fitting for for a backup uh you know price wise um so yeah, man, you, you definitely, I, I, that's a really risky proposition. I, I think he probably be, goes somewhere and becomes a backup and and you really, you could end up be sitting on a, a card like that for, for virtually ever, especially at that kind of price point, um, that kind of card from, and just it's not a really nice set. You know, it's one of the lesser demanded sets and, and really the only thing people are demanding from that set is the Kabooms and uh, that's not a kaboom. And you, you ever held one of those absolutes in your hand, Carter? It's just a, a flimsy card. It, it's not real thick. It doesn't feel like very good quality when you hold it in your hand.
0: Yeah, absolutes are my least favorite set, right? Ha, <laughs> ha, huh? 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 And look, Jordan Love was in that 2020 draft cycle with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And, you know, one of the big complaints from the 2020 uh, year, Andy, is Well, they printed so many different variations. So not only are there a lot of Jordan Love cards out there that I saw going for a lot of dollars, there's so much printed out there of Jordan Love that, man, I I just see this on Twitter from people that I really respect in the hobby saying, goodness gracious, I got burned by this because they were waiting to unload on some Jordan Love cards uh, this offseason. And look, he could get traded and he could be the next Patrick Mahomes. We don't know that. But, you know, that's just the danger when basically for the same price for Jordan Love cards, you could have been getting Devontae Adams cards who now, you know, has his QB back. I do think he will be back because him and Aaron are so freaking night and they have such a good rapport. And Devontae Adams with another great season will probably cement his Hall of Fame status. So, you could have been doing, you could have been buying stuff, even though they're not quarterbacks. You could have been buying Aaron Donald. You could have been buying a whole lot of legendary players, but you're sitting there buying Jordan Club. And once again, backup quarterback speculating can be a gold mine. It really can. If that quarterback does go somewhere else and, and start and have one good start, the Mike White syndrome that we talked about in an earlier episode, it's just something to keep an eye on as we move forward now Andy I do uh, for those that listened last week they were looking forward to what you have to say about running back historical research data and you are grinding a ton of numbers for this episode and just like last week with quarterbacks we're going to go through Trent run we're going to go through so many different things here in the next five minutes so Andy the floor is yours I'm very interested to hear what you have found out about the running backs of the past few seasons
1: yeah, absolutely, Carter. So I kind of look at our top 20 dynasty-ranked running backs right now. Uh, start out with Derrick Henry. You know, because of the running back age production curve being a lot shorter than that of a wide receiver tied in, especially quarterback, um, Derrick Henry's kind of at the top of that, 28 years old. He's just a, an athletic freak, still doing what he's doing from 2016. I also looked at Zeke Ueli because Derrick Henry was taken in the uh, beginning of the second round, whereas Zeke was taken in the beginning of the first round. Uh, just very interesting to look at their PRISM numbers. So the number of, of inserts, for example, for uh, Derrick Henry in 2016 was 24 and 17 parallels. And now you have a few more inserts for Zeke, but the same amount of parallels. And you kind of see that consistent across the sets. However, when you get to a high-end set like National Treasures, uh, virtually every card in that set is considered an insert uh, because it's, it's all different kinds of memorabilia and autograph, and they all have these little different designs. So almost all considered inserts. 152 inserts for Derek Henry compared to five parallels, whereas Ezekiel Elliott now had 185 inserts. So you can see the draft pedigree, you know, uh, kind of. Um, inspiring Panini to print additional inserts for for those players. And and, uh, when I looked at their optic as well, 26 inserts, 14 parallels. So definitely uh, only two more inserts, but uh, three fewer parallels. Looked at select, you had more inserts. You had 40 inserts, 24 parallels. That was 2016. You go to 2017, Carter, this is when it becomes really interesting because I looked at Christian McCaffrey, who's drafted – uh, in the first round, number eight overall. And I also looked at Aaron Jones, who, you know, we talked just talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones, I feel, uh, definitely going to play a lot better with Aaron Rodgers right. behind center. And so I compared the Christian McCaffrey and the Aaron Jones because it's a bigger difference. Uh, Aaron Jones wasn't drafted till the fifth round. So when you look at the optic numbers, for example, Christian McCaffrey has 42 inserts from 2017 optic and only 15 parallels Aaron Jones only has 10 inserts and 15 parallels. Interesting. Yeah, and he did not get that rated rookie designation. And then you go and look at select. The select inserts were 39 for Christian McCaffrey. So this was actually pretty much identical to 2016. Um, However, they did increase the number of parallels by uh, 8 to 32 parallels. You look at the select for Aaron Jones, it's only 11 inserts and 13 parallels. So drastically like cut, you know, cut down 60% reduction in the number of cards. Um, And then I looked at contenders for them. 31 inserts, 17 parallels for Christian McCaffrey's 2017 contenders. And this is when they did introduce uh, contenders optic as well, which they had 10 parallels of for Christian McCaffrey. However, when you look at, uh, Aaron Jones, he had zero inserts. He had zero inserts from that set, but he did have nine different parallels. They're all very rare, serial numbered out of like 25, uh, 10, five, one of one type of cards. Um, it was really interesting. And then National Treasures, they had 150 inserts for Christian McCaffrey and only 11 for Aaron Jones. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: so, 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 right off the jump there, um, the first thing I'll say is Christian McCaffrey. I've always found his card to be very interesting. Right. And it, I'm still interested that so many people pay for Christian McCaffrey card simply because Andy, he's been hurt so much and he plays for Carolina, right? It, it's not one of the biggest brands in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. And it, it's still shocking, you know, what people were paying uh, for that. And, you know, obviously, we saw what happened with Derrick Henry last year. We saw what happened with Aaron Jones. Man, I really like Aaron Jones a lot, especially now that um, that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And I'm I'm actually drafting a lot of Aaron Jones in a lot of best ball leagues. Now, I look at these Christian McCaffrey cards. It, it it kind of feels like a buy right now for me, Andy, as far as like how low his prices have gotten, and we have seen where his prices have gone before. I mean. Th- $300, $400, $500, the same price that you can get really good Ladanian Tomlinson cards. And we'll get to that in just a second. But Andy, that to me is my major takeaway is how far McCaffrey in particular has fallen, especially considering you know his fantasy relevance as, as well.
1: Yeah, he has fallen um, and it is kind of directly correlated. I mean, last year, going into the beginning of last year, he was still number one, number two ranked dynasty uh, running back. Now he slid all the way to dy- dynasty rank number nine in a lot of fantasy sharps uh, rankings. So you can see that that sharp decline. Now, who's risen to the top? Well, that's Jonathan Taylor. You know, that's guys like uh, Najee Harris, you know, because of that age production curve, because of the injury history, the uh, decline in production. So this is really a make or break year for Christian McCaffrey, um, in my opinion. And yeah, I mean, you could definitely buy into his cards at this price point. You see like a pink short print PSA 9 for $60 in auction, only eight bids on this card. Uh, It's not a PSA 10, but still, these kind of cards are pretty scarce. And they are going well under what they used to go for, you know, just like a year ago. So that that is a, a really interesting um, observation there on Christian McCaffrey. Of course, I, I think you're going to see a little bit of demand increase back for Aaron Jones, just because his cards are very low. His cards are actually lower than what Christian McCaffreys are right now. So that's something to to look at as well. From 2017, this is what's really wild. When I go to 2018. Uh, Panini must have observed Saquon Barkley as this absolute generational talent freak of nature because uh, whenever I looked at the number of inserts that they printed for Saquon Barkley in 2017, or 2018 excuse me, select was 71, right? And, and Saquon going at the 102, well, then I look at Nick Chubb, who's arguably had a better uh, career thus far in, in yeah. terms of production. And and Nick Chubb was drafted at the 203, so beginning of the second day. And they only printed 46 inserts of Nick Chubb in that 2018 select. So that's, uh, you know, uh, what, 25 fewer inserts. um, Same amount of parallels, but just 25 fewer inserts. And I saw this across contenders. Uh, There there was approximately 10 fewer inserts. And then a National Treasures, there was – 187 inserts for Saquon Barkley and only 127 for Nick Chubb. Wow. Chuck. Wow. Yeah. That that's, that's pretty
0: significant right there, Andy. I don't mean it up I was I was shocked by the insert number.
1: Yeah. So so that was a major takeaway for me, is just looking at how uh they not only I th- I think are looking at the draft pedigree of these players, but I, I think they're kind of looking at you know, some of the media hype and the media coverage coming into the draft around these players, when they're going to their, their design board and, and getting ready to manufacture a set of cards and the, the amount of inserts and parallels they're putting in, I think their parallels are are kind of set in stone. From what I've seen, you know, draft pedigree doesn't affect parallels a whole lot, except for when you get to guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, undrafted free agents, that kind of thing, then they're they're not getting printed in the parallels. But the first you know, four rounds of guys, those guys are getting the same amount of parallels. They're just not getting nearly the amount of inserts. That's where they're uh, capitalizing on that draft pedigree is they're adding inserts in there. Okay. So let, let's talk about
0: uh, those few players really quickly. Okay. So the first thing here is one more point by Christian McCaffrey, the amount of razes I'm seeing for this guy on Twitter is just simply incredible. People are, panic selling like crazy right now to try and get back some of the money. And I I just don't know if that's even the right move right now to even do that Um, because I do think there could be a big bounce back year for McCaffrey. And as far as Saquon Barkley is concerned, I'm starting to see a few things that are happening to the running back position. Number one is there is just more data out there that running backs are for the most part irrelevant. Now, here's the thing, okay? A lot of old-timers, a lot of old-schoolers that may listen to the show, you know, you grew up thinking that the running back was as valuable as the quarterback, right? Because, you know, they they grew up with the Jim Browns of the world, right? And you're always taught Jim Brown's, you know, one of the best football players of all time, which is true. But the game is so passing-oriented now, and there's all these advanced analytics out there to where you're starting to see running back salaries start to drop. Right. A player that we haven't mentioned is Ezekiel Elliott. We can clearly see at this point now, Andy, that that contract was a disaster. And Mm. Zeke was in that same draft class as Derrick Henry. And, you know, you have all those rated rookies of of Ezekiel Elliott and a lot of people over paid for him because of the draft capital because of the team he played for and also because of what he did at Ohio State so he was at a big brand school went to a big brand was a top five pick and he's turned out to mostly be an overpaid dud so what do I think is going to happen to the running back position I think teams are going to spend less and less on it Right. Uh, because you see what happens with Saquon Barkley. You've seen what happened with Christian McCaffrey. And it pains me to say it, even though this is more off the field than it is on the field, from the same exact Christian McCaffrey draft class, we've seen what happened with Alvin Kamara. Right. So in AK 41, I thought about buying some of his cards and then the off the field incident happened. And You know, last year he just wasn't as good without Drew Brees. So Andy, you know, as far as running back cards are concerned, overall in the real world, uh, not quite so much in fantasy because running backs do matter so freaking much in fantasy, but in the real world, teams are starting to devalue the running back position because of all these running backs that we've mentioned, you know, for the most part, when they get paid or when they continue on with their careers, it, it just doesn't translate to wins and it translates to a lot of dead money. Uh,
1: yeah, it, it does. And I, I think that's why I really take the um, the rookie status or the age of the running back into consideration because uh, the less we've seen of a player, the easier it is for them to, to go out and, and break off some big explosive runs. And, and that translates directly to a hype – A hype spike, a demand spike for the rookie cards, even unknown running backs. We saw this with Ernest Johnson last year on the Cleveland (laughs) Browns stepping in, blowing up on a Thursday night. And I I literally saw his rookie ticket autos, you know, going from five, 10, $15 all the way close to a hundred dollars from, from that one performance. And that's because nobody had heard of this guy before nobody had seen him. And so Whenever I'm looking to invest in running backs, I'm really uh, looking to invest in youth. And going back to Christian McCaffrey, one uh, good thing about him, he's only 25 years old. You know, he's, he's only a few months older than Saquon Barkley, however, you know, drafted in 2017. So Christian McCaffrey, like he's a lot younger uh, than Aaron Jones, then Leonard Fournette. So he's one of the younger 2017 rookies. And so he's still got some time if you, if you were kind of looking at uh, Derek Henry's age of 28, kind of at that that peak where you start to decline in production. It'll be really interesting to see if Derrick Henry does decline this year, Carter, because we've certainly seen that. And, and even though Ezekiel Elliott, he was—he's a young guy for uh, 2016 as as well. I think Ezekiel Elliott is what like a year, or maybe even two years younger than uh, Derrick Henry. So he's he's only like 27, I think, right now. So uh, oh, so you're still believing in Zeke. Well, I'm not. I'm actually investing in Tony Pollard. I'm a Tony Pollard truther. I love it. Pollard I knew, it. <laughs> <I'm>, I, <coughs> knew yeah, it. Yeah, I'm a Tony Pollard truther all day. You know, he's he's a couple of years younger than Zeke. Uh, he's way more explosive, in my opinion, and he doesn't have nearly the bloated contract that Zeke does. And uh, he's been more durable. So I'm I'm really excited about the uh, future of Tony Pollard for the next few years, but. I'd say my, my like, uh, big um, thought on, on investing in running backs is, is very doable. We've seen the hype spikes. They can break out because they do get a lot of opportunity um, in, in the offense to, to make big plays. I would say just don't try and get greedy. I'm not a long-term running back investor unless it's something from my personal collection, a player that I really wanted to have, or maybe an already Hall of Famer. like You talk about Jim Brown, Walter Payton. Those guys are already set in stone. You know, then yeah, okay, they're completely safe, good, good to invest in. However, it, you know, modern day running backs, I would say, take advantage of the hype spike when it happens and sell those cards for profit. Don't don't try and play the long term type of investing game. So that's when the you know the entry price point becomes very important in, in understanding these um, a variety differences, like the the availability differences between these years. Because when we get to twenty nineteen that we're getting ready to look at in twenty twenty things get things get pretty crazy <laughs> all right so let's go
0: into that data i know i know you're coughing up a bunch over there because you cannot contain your tony pollard excitement and you can't yeah say- my tony
1: pollard and, and in fact i did not uh, look at tony pollard numbers but i did uh for 2019 uh but i did look at josh jacobs and david montgomery those are the two guys i selected from 2019 but tony pollard uh, you know, in 2019 was a, a weaker running back class besides those guys. And you could arguably put Tony Pollard ahead of Montgomery and Jacobs. I would definitely put David Montgomery uh, up there, you know, as a top. I'm, I'm not a big Josh Jacobs guy. I, I know you, you're you not a big Alabama fan. So he's he, uh, he's probably not on your short list either. No. But um, he, w- he was drafted then. And so that was like the last time that, you know, besides 2020, and 2021, you know, running backs are starting to go back into the first round like you're talking about. Teams are spending less draft capital. They're spending less. Now, it's going to be really interesting to see where Brees Hall goes in this upcoming draft with how much talent, he, he's, raw talent he's got. Uh, he, he looks insane. So it'll be really interesting to see who spends up on him.
0: So 2019, 2020. So we, yep. we talked about the 2019 class. Let's go through a, a few of the 2020 uh, running backs. I'm interested to see what you have to say about them.
1: Yeah, because 2020 running back class was incredible. So, you know, just in an overview, you know, we had to increase 2019 increase in inserts uh, and really parallels by a little bit. And, and then you go to 2020. And now all of a sudden you're going from, you know, 2016 Prism having 17 parallels to the 2020 having 66 parallels and 68 inserts. So they tripled the amount um, or over tripled the amount of inserts and parallels for Prism. However, Optic only doubled. They only doubled the amount of inserts and and parallels uh, went up to 2018 and Select. They just blew out of the water. You know, they went from 24 parallels in 2016 to 153 in 2020 and 91 inserts in 2020. Uh, specifically, looked at Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, and J.K. Dobbins. Um, and that's just to name four of the, the premier running backs from 2020. And so uh, another thing they did, they continued to build that Panini contenders optic set. Uh, it, it's become more and more parallel, so they printed more and more of that. Whereas if you look at the base contenders, uh, rookie ticket auto set that 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 base rookie ticket auto comes from they left an amount of parallels from 2016 of 20 parallels to now in 2020 only 21 parallels but you've got opt panini contenders optic and that's got 29 parallels now and if you compare that to when it first came out of only 10 parallels They've, you know, they almost tripled that uh, number of parallels in the optic set. And that's where they kind of keep adding. It's like, we'll find little, little sets here and there to just like put more inserts and more parallels in kind of like, almost like they're kind of sneaking. It kind of feels like they're sneaking them in on us, doesn't it? It does. And
0: I want to mention one name in that 2020 class, right? You talk about how much I hate you know, Alabama players, I don't despise them as many as, you know, Andy, I'm a big Jerry Judy believer, but you know, obviously Josh Jacobs in and of itself is just, you know, a, a disaster, bad situation where he is right now. And there was one name you didn't mention in that 2020 running back class that a lot of people lost money on. And I think per capita, as far as like money that people just set on fire, as far as buying someone was Clyde Edwards helaire Right. Oh, yeah. Andy, you, you you saw some of the sales on those Clyde Silverlayer's cards. I mean, it, it was crazy. Now, that pains me to say because obviously I'm an LSU YouTuber and Clyde's one of my favorite players of all freaking time. But... Was not a good selection. He's not really panned out. He had some fumbling issues, and that's him with the best possible offense you can be with. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, you're seeing PSA 10 mosaic slabs going for $10 right now. $10. People know how much it is to just even submit a freaking card to PSA. It's crazy, Andy, how much people lost on Clyde edwards Uh, especially compared to how many great running backs, like you just mentioned, were in this class. And once again, with all the different parallels and inserts and Mosaic becoming a part of the 2020 cycle, Andy, there's just so much printed out there on all these guys.
1: Yeah, a lot printed out there for 2020. So a lot of investors and collectors have focused in what what they want to collect, what they want to invest in. And, And so they've really... Focused in on the autograph stuff, the serial numbered cards, and these mosaic just really hasn't caught on like a lot of people thought it would. Uh, maybe long term it does. Um, they really clearly overprinted in basketball, and so I think a lot of those guys that carried over into uh, quarterback investing, you know, are are kind of off of mosaic as well. And so then you have even a narrower slice of the hobby, like I've talked about before, investing in skill position players, and so they're also seeing this overprinting from. The, the main the main premier quarterbacks and basketball players of 2020, uh, It's just a ton of base mosaic and stuff out there. And it just hasn't caught on like the 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 pedigree that prism and optic and have. And and I, I didn't even include select because what Panini did with select in 2020 when they took it retail and they tripled the amount of parallels and inserts and added additional tier and this and that and then they increased the print run of those base cards really blew it out of the water. And I think a lot of very uh, prominent hobbyists were talking um, about how Panini diluted and ruined the kind of the, the select brand, if you will uh, for a lot of people. And, and so I think a lot of people are kind of now have lumped mosaic into this, you know, shiny overprinted uh, brands like the 2020 select. So you look at these PSA tens and this is something very interesting. Uh, so, cause I looked at mosaic cause it's a new set in 2020 and they only had 12 inserts in 2020 mosaic and, uh, but 63 parallels. So ton of parallels, oh, right? Ton of parallels, yeah. 63. And and when you look at 2021 now, because we don't have all the products out in 2021, I, I can't get a great comparison of numbers yet, but I can look at the base donors, and I can look at mosaic, which is another major release. They've already they've doubled the number of inserts in Mosaic from last year to now having 24 this year for Najee Harris. And they increased the number of parallels from 63 to 68. So, this is definitely precautionary statement, guys, when you're looking to invest in Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, whatever is your favorite 2021 running back. Um, keep that in mind that there, right now there's a perception of scarcity around these guys cards because they're still being broken they're still being bought from stores they're still making their way from you know people ripping them open and and then eventually listing them that they're just they're gonna continue to pop up they're gonna continue to pop up uh here for a while and, and new sets are going to be released so it's really important to understand the the numbers behind you know what's in these sets uh before you go out and and overpay potentially spend thirty forty fifty dollars on a like uh, Prism Silver, uh, Mosaic Prism Silver, Najee Harris. When you know, even if he comes out, plays number one running back, dominant in first quarter of the season, that card could still potentially go down just based on the you know the dilution of of the product and getting lost in the shuffle after everything else comes out.
0: Najee Harris playing for a top five NFL brand, played at a top five college brand, iconic. College football player. No, he didn't win the Heisman, but, you know, he was a pretty iconic guy. Also, something about Najee Harris, big personality, as big of a personality as you're going to see on all these different commercials. And I I still don't know if you should go out and buy his cards, right, because I don't know what that quarterback situation is going to be. And I understand that that, um, that division is going to be so tough next year. Now, uh, once again, Jonathan Taylor is the hottest name, obviously with the 1.1 and all Dynasty and Fantasy Leagues right now. And once again, PSA 9, as you can see right here, for $11.50 mosaic. So unless you're getting a Genesis, you're not really getting just anything super rare. But I have seen a lot of Jonathan Taylor uh, rookie ticket autos and just rookie autos in general go for quite a bit. And... Andy, since, you know, we finished up here on the Modern Guys, let's actually talk about the two best clear-cut running backs of the past two decades. So, Andy, obviously this was actually not a part of our prep. I want to ask you just right off the top of your head, name the two best running backs of the past two decades. Okay, I got the NFL All-Decade teams uh, pulled up here. If you were to say who is the best running back from the two thousands to the twenty tens, who would you say?
1: Well, number one, boom, Adrian Peterson, right off the bat. Right, we gotta we we gotta have him in there. Uh, past two decades, uh, I'm gonna say Ladainian Tomlinson. Boom, you got La, LaDain it, Ladainian LaDain Tomlinson.
0: <laughs> yes, so it's pretty clear. It, like there is no debate who the two best running backs of the past two decades are. There's no – you you can't, right? So I have the all-decade team pulled up, and in from 2000 to 2010, it was LaDainian Tomlinson and Edgerrin James, who is a Hall of Famer, but there's no one out there that's going to make a case that Edren James is a top-10 running back of all time. And let's go to the 2010s all-decade team. Adrian Peterson is one of the running backs, but they actually had – three other running backs make the 2010 all decade team Andy do you want to give a guess who those running backs were
1: the 2010s all all decade team it's kind of hard
0: i i i wouldn't I, I would have gotten one of these guys to be fair okay i would really? have gotten yes the other three guys are really really good football players but i don't know if any of these other three guys to me are top five or top ten running backs
1: of all time.
0: Man, uh, see, it's hard, man.
1: It's uh, hard. I, well, I mean, Frank Gore. I mean, he's played. <laughs> like yeah, so that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, okay. Oh, I would say LaShawn McCoy.
0: Okay, and then the last one would be, hmm, the biggest personality to ever play running back.
1: The biggest per the bi- oh Marshawn Lynch.
0: Marshawn Lynch. So those are your four running backs. Now let's be honest about their legacies, okay? How many of those four would you say are top five, top ten running backs of all time? One, maybe Frank Gore, just from a statistical standpoint, just from a stat standpoint. But when have you ever said Frank Gore is a top five running back in the league?
1: <laughs> no, he's he's uh, Mr. Bowling Ball. He just keeps like just he's keeps rolling out there, keeps going. Now he's loved by everyone.
0: And you can get all of these card prices for relatively cheap. So, look, Edron James, Hall of Famer, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, and LaShawn McCoy. I think LaShawn has the least likely chance to get into uh, the Hall of Fame. I think Marshawn will get in and Frank Gore. Now, what's very interesting is Marshawn and Adrian Peterson were part of the same 2007 draft class. And you can actually get a lot of really cool dual tops autos with both of their autos on the cards but the bottom line is you see uh if you're watching on YouTube right now 2005 Frank Gore you can get his rookie card for 4 dollars you can get Marshawn Lynch rookie cards for mm-hmm. 19.99 rookie refractors Bowman chrome so Andy When you look at the all-time prices, I'm looking at a 2007 Adrian Peterson rookie auto patch on my screen right now. It's not just any patch. It is a three-color patch. You could buy it right now for $400, which to me is an excellent price to get that. You can get a lot of Adrian Peterson autograph cards for under $300. There's a three-color patch right now that you see on YouTube for $305. This is the number two, if not the best, running back of the past two decades. So, Andy, I'm going to let you go first. What does that tell you about your running back data research that you've done as far as the long-term upside?
1: Yeah, the numbers are going to only uh, go down. Uh, so it's, you're, you're going to see diminishing returns, especially with the dilution of additional product and print runs. Uh, so I think uh, that my strategy of, of thinking of the running back as a quick flip is kind of spot on. It's kind of spot on. I think that's what you how you have to approach him. There's, I think there's definitely value there, but I would just say, man, um, I'm, you know, I'd be super nervous because I know a ton of Jonathan Taylor cards that aren't even this nice as as this RPA of Adrian Peterson, and there there is a, a pretty slim possibility, realistically speaking, that he ever makes it to Adrian Peterson status. You know, in the next 20 years. So, I mean, you running back play 20 years. So, yeah, in the next 10 years. And uh, that's so you got to be cognizant of that. And instead of stashing them, buy them and list them right away and get ready to sell them on the next hype cycle.
0: Man, I I cannot say this enough. For those that are a little bit younger, that are just not getting into the hobby, that listen to our show, LaDainian Tomlinson was a freak of nature. And LaDainian Tomlinson, when he was playing, was winning every fantasy league for anyone that had him. It was truly amazing. If you're one of the early fantasy football players, it was ridiculous how good LaDainian Tomlinson was. And I am looking at some of his rookie autos right now. Uh, You know, his rookie ticket autos are are, are a little expensive, but you can get, you know, some Adrian, as Adrian, Ladanian Thompson autograph cards for some really good prices, not just college uniform TCU stuff, pro uniform stuff. So once again, you know, I kind of like a Ladanian Thompson buy. I I really do. But still, once again, rookie ticket auto for $600 right there. It's pretty good stuff right there uh, for an LT card where Drew Brees in that same draft class. Okay, Ladanian Tomlinson, best running back of the past two decades. It's either him or Adrian Peterson. Drew Brees, best quarterback of the past few, two decades. He might not even be top five, and I'm a big Brees collector, right? Well, Drew Brees, his rookie ticket auto goes for 3K, I would say, about on average, about 2 or 3K. And Adrian and Ladanian Tomlinson, who is the best uh of the best, you know, $2,000, as you can see on the screen right now. Uh, Adrian Peterson, who is the best, I mean, LaDainian Tomlinson, who is the best, $600. So I showed you the drastic difference between running backs and quarterbacks. And I know for a lot of people there in the hobby, you know, that's, you know, pretty well known, but this is just empirical evidence that long-term investing with running backs, much like it is in the real world, Andy, is a very risky proposition.
1: Very risky proposition, which is why um, focus on those young guys, man. Focus on the second year breakouts that come out of nowhere. I I would focus on the sleepers and the guys that you can see have the raw attributes uh, to break off some big runs. And they're a nobody currently because they're buried in a depth chart. They're just not getting the opportunity share, what have you. Then you can throw some very buy low flyers on them. Uh, you could probably find some rookie ticket autos for five, ten bucks. Uh, throw throw a couple flyers on those guys because there's very little downside in the price you paid in at. And then if they break out a big game, you could potentially look at uh, three, four, five x your money and go ahead and sell. Don't try and get greedy and think that they're going to be uh, the next MVP or the next you know generational talent because teams just don't value the running backs like they used to, and it's just a much harder path to, to becoming a Walter Payton or Jim Brown. I think that the quick flips on running backs is an okay um, strategy to approach, but I wouldn't be like, like you said, Carter, I'm not, I'm not going to buy into the top ranked running backs at a premium thinking that they're going to continue to appreciate over time. Like I would approach uh, potentially a Joe Burrow rookie card this off season or a Justin Herbert or something like that, you know, or even, you know, a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, we talked about should get a starting job for 2022 I, I'm not, you know, I'm not spending nearly as much of my, my budget, my overall budget on the running backs as I am quarterbacks and wide receivers. Cause wide receivers just, are, they have a lot of volatility too, but they have a much longer age production curve and they can have some really big breakout uh, performances and, and big highlights.
0: Now it's way over my knowledge when it comes to like deep vintage running backs, but Walter Payton and Jim Brown cards do go for a lot, and I mean a lot, but that's completely different than the semi-modern guys like Adrian Peterson and LaDainian Tomlinson, and maybe those are the guys you should look to buy. Um, But anyway, moving on here to the hobby tip of the week. We had so much fun with all that running back data, and Andy has a very juicy hobby tip of the week. Go right on ahead, my friend.
1: Yeah, this, this one came after my definitive eBay playbook video I made last week about listing like a pro, selling cards effectively. Uh, this is a very interesting tip. Uh, shout out to John Lamika here. Uh, he said he starts his auctions at a 99 cent no reserves. And we talked about you know when the best time to start an auction is, is kind of looking at my hype index that I created and, and taking all those factors into consideration, their production, their age, the market size, the playoff probability, of their team, the whole nine yards um and then if that player is hyped up and you've got a hot card, you know, a nice card like a newer product, uh, autographs you want to send it to an auction, you know, definitely want to end it on the weekend at night around 10:30 30 p.m. eastern standard time. That's when you're going to have most eyeballs uh watching that auction, potential bidding wars uh on some people on the east coast and and what have you? But he says start out as a seven-day auction, but start out as $0.99 no-reserve because when you come across a $0.99 no-reserve auction, you're going to flag it when you see that rookie ticket auto of that elite player going for 4 or $5. You're going to flag it. You're going to watch it. And when it comes time, 15 minutes left in that auction, you're going to get notified on your phone there's only 15 minutes left. And um, those auctions he's seen from his experience have a ton more watchers and it draws people into that last 15 minutes where you want them to start competing against each other. Uh, and he's had a lot better results than someone starting an auction at 59.99, And that's where the first bid starts. Start it at $0.99, cents, attract those watchers in, uh, and then they'll be there for the last 15 minutes of it.
0: I know it's scary for people that you know have a big card, and they say, "Okay, I don't want to listen for ninety nine cents. I want to make sure I get X amount of money." And guess what? I did that, and I and with the, with the big card, you know, this past year, and it worked for me. But I agree, ninety nine cent no reserve, right? Let that thing rip, baby! It's not as much of a risk. People on eBay aren't stupid; they're going to find your card. But if you do the 99 cent, no reserve auction, the number one thing you need to make sure you do is make sure that title is correct. OK, because, you know, you want as many people when they type and search. Sometimes eBay doesn't autocorrect. So, like, if you're trying to do that with the Joe Burrow card, make sure you spell Burrow correctly. B-U-R-R-O-W. Um because, you know, it's very, very, very important to make sure you can get the most eyeballs on it. But 99 cent, no reserve, baby. Start that thing on a, on a weekend night and you're going to be golden, baby. That's a great hobby tip of the week. Don't forget football.com, uh, football.com, patreon.com slash football cards, where you can join our growing Discord community. It is now time for play of the week. And Andy, I'm going to go first here. And I'm going to give you uh, a wide receiver who has four consecutive years of a 1,000 yards or more. And you can get his rookie auto right now, number to 10, gold for $10 right now. And that player's name is Brandon Cooks. Okay, Now, all Brandon Cooks has done is turn out to be a fantasy sleeper each and every year despite – changing teams basically each and every year of his career right now he has had the good fortune of playing for really good quarterbacks like drew Brees, tom brady but he's also produced with jared Goff and uh the the rotating doors of houston texan quarterbacks so that's pretty dang impressive that he's flat out done it now once again he's not a pro bowler doesn't have a huge personality and you know is not on a winning team but this guy just puts out numbers and he's still relatively young so Brandon Cooks I bought four of his rookie cards including his base prism for two dollars total two dollars total that is an injustice to a guy that is only produced now once again the hobby is all about storylines and hype and all of that and Brandon Cooks doesn't produce a lot of that but that doesn't mean he doesn't produce and that doesn't mean he's not a decent buy right now to get some of his good stuff.
1: Yeah, we talked about the longer age production curve of a wide receiver, and I love Davis Mills, man. I I think Davis Mills is going to be the starter again in 2022. You knew I was going to go there, Carter. You knew I was going there. Davis Mills with those incredible throwing mechanics. Dude, the guy's got a beautiful deep ball. Uh, I saw him light Brandon Cooks up on multiple occasions, and I don't think there's going to be any uh, interference or distractions for Davis Mills in 2022. I think it's going to be on. For him and Brandon Cooks, uh, and, and Nico Collins, too. I, I like Nico Collins. You're a that. Nico that's guy. A, yeah, that's a good complimentary role. Uh, that's like the T Higgins to Jamar Chase, you know? And so I I I think those those guys are both important to have. It's good, man, because when you get those guys, they distract safeties and corners and uh some really fun stuff can happen with the offense. I'm I'm gonna go back to the quarterback position with mine, Carter. Uh, 2018 rookie. All right. This is this is a guy you've even talked about on the show as having some of the best college uh, football quarterback metrics of all time. And that's Baker Mayfield. Uh, And I know this is a little bit of a controversial pick, but I'll just say Baker Mayfield's RPAs. Like I'm looking at an immaculate Baker Mayfield RPA numbered out of 99 that sold for $250. Um, is with an on-card autograph and this is i mean his cards are on clearance right now they're down 75 percent. now i know he hasn't eclipsed four thousand passing yards yet in his nfl career um he's going into what year four the the browns have shown they're, they're, they're committed to him uh for this upcoming year and it's you know played through injuries uh had uh riffs with odell beckham jr he's had riffs with You know, uh, different beat reporters gets into Twitter fights all the time. I get there's some controversy around Baker Mayfield, whether or not he's more focused on acting or playing football. But he did play through a like a separated throwing shoulder for the majority of last year. And he had to have surgery this just a couple months ago to repair that. Um, And so they have said he's going to be 100 percent healthy for 2022. I think that he can have a big, big season upcoming and I think based on his values now, I, I think he can go out and at least put a, together a couple good games and, and have that go up. So just somebody to look at, not, not to mention with the popularity that he does have off the field, um, that could you know be reason enough to kind of invest him at, at these prices. I mean, it's super cheap right now.
0: Mm. Mm. I don't know, Andy. I don't know. I don't I don't know i don't, I don't I don't know if I don't know if I could roll with with old bake right now obviously your hobby tip of the week or your play of the week has far more upside than mine does right Brandon Cook's autos are never gonna go for over a hundred I like it as far as the upside is concerned right with Baker mayfield and people love a good redemption story but let me ask you let me ask you this Andy okay so I'm looking at a Baker mayfield rookie ticket auto raw on card from 2018. Whereas with Jameis Winston, I could get his rookie ticket autos for about $150 to $200. Which of those two plays do you like better?
1: Mm. I'll see. I think um, Jameis Winston's got Jameis Winston's got some really interesting upside. Obviously he's got the same draft pedigree as Baker Mayfield, right? uh, but Jameis Winston is going to sling it down the field. We know that um, he could be a really exciting starting quarterback for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have had a really low a dot or average distance of, of target the last few years. Uh, Jameis Winston could come in, and Chase Claypool would be like, "I'll be your Mike Evans, you know, <laughs> I'll be your Mike Evans and run down the field and score a bunch of touchdowns, and he put on a big show in, uh, in um an arena like Pittsburgh uh, for Jameis Winston. That could that could be huge, like right out of the gate in September. He wouldn't be a guy that I'm like trying to hold long term. I've just seen too much of his ups and downs to really invest in him long term. But I love the 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 short term flip uh, uh, potential of Jameis Winston over that of Baker. I'm I'm really looking to kind of invest in Baker for um, a little bit longer. I feel more comfortable with him developing and getting better over over the long run.
0: I like it, man. I like it. So, here's what we'll do. So, going into next week's episode, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Jameis Winston. What do the advanced stats say about Jameis Winston? Where could he possibly land? Hopefully, he does have a landing spot. And look, I am a big Saints fan, but you know, once again, I I, I'm Drew Brees, right? You know, Jameis Winston, you know, gave us wins last year and he was fine. Uh, So it's not like my bias is seeping in here uh, at all. I'm looking at this pure. Uh, just pure money and investing right now. So next week we'll talk a little bit more about Jameis Winston. Once again, it's very important to subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can get a few of the extra graphics. But if you are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, obviously five-star reviews, um, you know, if you want to give us a bad review, go right on ahead, do it. I don't care. I dare you. I'm kidding. Give us all good reviews, five-star reviews and uh, comment and share this podcast with everyone. Andy, that was a lot of data today. I mean, we went through a That's lot funny. today. Yeah.
1: Hardware, yep. We did, man. And there was there was more data points that I actually wrote down that we didn't actually go through because I didn't want to overwhelm everybody with, with the, the data that I put together. I'm a, Yeah, I'm going to follow up with this in, in just a purely visual uh, YouTube video. Um, so definitely want to stay tuned. But uh, that was fun, Carter. Let's go.
0: Football card quest cast to the
1: moon, baby. Peace.
0: That's it. Peace.